Revelation 17. How many of you have visited with anyone and had them say something along this line? There's just way too many religions. It's just too confusing for me. Any of you said that or have heard people say that? Okay. Um, How about this one? Have you ever heard people say, I think religion is one of the biggest tools of Satan? Have you ever heard anyone say that? Okay, some of you have. I've had that said to me, and um, immediately I say to them, I agree with you 100%, and that really throws them a curveball. But I do agree with them 100%. Religion is one of the biggest tools of Satan. And I'm not splitting hairs here that we are called to a relationship, not a religion. God doesn't call us to just embrace a certain set of beliefs. He's called us to a relationship. He's called us... We're not, you know, don't ever say to anyone, my religion is against that, or my religion is for that. That's not the right answer, okay? That's not, it's a a relationship with our Father, our Creator, our Savior, and and in realizing um, it's not, I have a religion and it dictates to me. I have a Savior, and He is my Master, and I have given control of my life to Him. Think about it. Wouldn't it be nice if everyone worshipped the same way? You might say, wait a minute. What is everyone worshipping the same way? Well, For one, heaven is everyone worshiping the same way, but this isn't heaven, right? But think about it. There are many people that would would say, um, it would be nice if everyone worshiped the same way, speaking here on earth. But not really. That would mean there would be no choice and there would be no freedom. If everyone worshipped the same way, they'd be forced to do it that way. And there are religions that are um, prevalent that their goal and their desire is to make everyone worship the way that we tell you, and if you don't, we kill you, okay? That is the fundamental, one of the fundamental beliefs of Islam, all right? Um, And you can look throughout history, it has always been that way. But there is coming a day when there will be one religion on the face of the earth, and... If you don't go along with it, they will kill you. Now, don't put, I put these back to back. 
don't put, I am not saying Islam is the one world religion. I won't, I won't touch on it much in detail at all at what is the one world religion because God does not tell us clearly and distinctly what it is. Um, I have some ideas, but my idea is no better or worse than your idea when it comes to this. To speak dogmatically, God gives us some characteristics of the one world religion or the one world church, and it's found in Revelation chapter 17. And we want to look at these characteristics and then make some application to us. Notice Revelation 17 and verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication." Now, he goes into this, and we're just going to go um, verse by verse through the first part of this. Description of the one world church, it is characterized as a harlot. The term harlot, or as it mentions here, a great whore, is used throughout the Bible, in particular in the Old Testament, as a metaphor for a false religion. James... um, refers to when our hearts go after the world that we are adulterers and adulteresses. And he uses that term. But throughout the Bible, um, he uses this term as a harlot, as a metaphor for a false religion. They They are deceiving people. They are leading people astray from where they belong from from truth, and so it is characterized as this to begin with. Secondly, this one world church that will come into existence during the seven-year period of tribulation comes to power with the aid of the Antichrist. Notice if you'd look in verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness... And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Uh, Again, we're not going to take the time tonight, but you can get in and compare Scripture with Scripture. And this is a description of the Antichrist. So, what we have in the early part of the seven-year period of tribulation... Antichrist will be revealed. We've already seen he'll make a covenant with Israel. There'll be peace for three and a half years. So he's working that on one side. On the other side, he is working with the religious system, and he is empowering this religious system to become the one world church, the one world religious system. And... Antichrist is working together with them, and he will work with them up to a certain point in time, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a moment here. So, they are empowered, demonically empowered, um, evilly empowered, 
at the same time as providing to people, we are religion to help you to know God, and so on. It is a religion that will be very rich and attractive. Notice verse 4, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So, it will be very rich. It will be very attractive. It will be full of abominations and evils. And we'll see in just a little bit um, what some of the evils are. Verse 5, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. This um, one world religion will have its roots that go all the way back to Babylon and all the way back to Babel, the Tower of Babel. Um, The teachings of Babylon go clear back to the Tower of Babel, to the rebellion against God, to the self-sufficiency, and this is what it's built on. But it's under the guise of a religion. It's under a guise of, of leading people to God, a God, and it is empowered by Antichrist. Notice verse 6. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. This one world church has been and will be the murderer of many, many saints. This false religion will permit and even encourage the death of those who are following Jesus Christ during the tribulation. As we said, during the tribulation, there will be multitudes come to Christ. They will come to Christ knowing that it probably, in most cases, will mean their death. And this one world religion, empowered by Antichrist, brings their power and authority You agree with us or we kill you. You combine that with Antichrist, the mark of the beast. You cannot buy or sell anything unless you have the mark of the beast. So we read in the Bible, Daniel refused to bow down and worship. And and they tried to punish he and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and so on. In this time, during the tribulation... They will bring the martyrdom of many, many saints. And this religion, the roots of it go back to the Tower of Babel. They go back and throughout its history, it has been instrumental in murdering multitudes of saints. So... Those characteristics are listed there. For the sake of time, I ask that you look down to verse 14. 
I encourage you to go back. If you're following the Bible reading schedule, you're reading through Revelation. You'll be coming to this soon. But notice, these shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. He is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. In verse 15, he is saying this is an organized system that has worldwide scope over the peoples, over the multitude, over the nations, and the tongues. And it will then be destroyed by Antichrist. Verse 16, And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore. Okay, the beast, Antichrist, hates the whore, the one world religion, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Once the Antichrist gains the world's amazed attention by his miraculous return from the dead, he will turn on the religious system and destroy it because his ultimate purpose is to establish himself in the place of God. From the very beginning, Satan said, I will be like the Most High. He's always sought to replace God. He's always sought to be worshipped. And he uses the one world religious system for his purposes, and then he destroys it because he alone wants to be worshipped. I find it very interesting in verse 16 and 17. He destroys them. Notice what God put in his word in verse 17. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill God's will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast. So, Here they work and work and work to establish this one world religion. And God is fulfilling his will through all of this. And they agree to give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Do you understand what's underneath all of this is the will of God, the words of God, and the fulfillment of God? In every detail. And you can rest assured tonight that all the things that are going on in the world, God is still working his will. Just yesterday when I heard about what was going on in England again, um, there were a lot of thoughts that went through my mind. But one of the thoughts was, this is just another step that God is allowing to create an atmosphere that the world will welcome with open arms the Antichrist who comes with the answers. 
It is creating an, an atmosphere of fear. It is creating an atmosphere of uncertainty, and no one has the answers, and, and, uh, and yet the answers are right in front of our face, aren't they? And yet God is using all of this, and, and verse 17 is such an encouragement. God put in their hearts to fulfill His will. These are wicked people that are fulfilling the will of God. That ought to make us say, you know what? Nothing can stop God. And it ought to encourage us in our faith and establish us in our faith until the words of God be fulfilled. Every word that God has given will be fulfilled. Many have debated the identity of this religion Some argue that it's the Roman Catholic Church. Some say it's Islam. Others say that another large religious movement will be the end times one world religion. Um, Whatever it is, it will be a false religion, will consist of an inclusive religion that allows for a pluralistic view of God. Um, the view that all religions are one, all religions lead to the same place. It will have a, a broad set of wings that covers many different beliefs and eventually leads to the worship of the Antichrist. The point is not what religion will it be, whatever religion it is, it will certainly exclude any faith that is exclusive and refuses to worship the Antichrist, in other words, Christianity. So, an application here. It is very important that we understand that doctrine is very, very important. The Bible tells us in the last days, teachers will heap to, people will seek teachers that heap to themselves things that they want to hear. will tell them what they want to hear. That means, and we're seeing it today, people don't like to hear about the doctrine of hell. I don't like to hear about that. So, there are many, many churches that, One, don't even believe in it. Or two, it might be in there, buried in their doctrinal statement somewhere, but they never talk about it. Because, well, that's not a very popular thing to talk about. And churches have turned into businesses. What will, what will get people here? God never says that we are to get people here. He says we are to preach the truth. And it is our responsibility to speak the truth, to live the the truth, to share the truth, and God alone can give the increase. But the church is the pillar and ground of truth. So it's important that we know the truth. Doctrine is very, very important. What does the Bible say about God? What does the Bible say about sin? What does the Bible say about The nature of man. What does the Bible say about the end times? 
we also learn from this that truth not only is very important, truth is worth dying for, and may I add, truth is worth living for. During this time, there are people that will recognize Jesus Christ is the only answer. This one world religion, although everybody I work with or everybody I'm surrounded by is a member of this church, I know this is the truth, and if it means they kill me, so be it. That's exactly what's going to happen in these days. And truth is so important that if it means we must give our lives for it, we have no other option. We cannot turn our back on truth. And there are people around the world tonight who are giving their lives because they understand Jesus Christ alone is the answer to my sin problem. And Jesus Christ alone is truth. And I will never embrace anything else. And there are people tonight losing their lives because of that. Now, God is not asking us at this time to lose our lives for this. But truth is so important that he wants us to live it. And if this is what truth asks me to do, regardless of the cost, regardless of what others think, we must live it. And in understanding that, all that matters in this world is that we walk in truth. In, in our thought life, in our actions, in what we make as the priorities in our life, truth is worth dying for and living for. And understand, again, we touched on it, ultimately Satan wants to be exclusively worshipped. You know, people say, Christianity, uh, you're just so exclusive that it's Jesus Christ alone. The only other option is also exclusive. Satan exclusively wants to be worshipped. He is not going to share it with a one-world religion. He exclusively wants to be worshipped. Only two choices that are before us. The reality of God and the reality of Satan. Under Satan's umbrella, there are many, many evils. There are many religions that appear as very good, but they're all under Satan's umbrella. And ultimately, his goal is to be exclusively worshipped. God's goal is not to be exclusively worshipped. God's goal is to redeem us. It's not like God has to battle to be exclusively worshipped. He wants to restore us to what we were created for, and that's to worship Him. And He knows that He alone is worthy of worship. He alone is worthy of any praise And it comes down to that in our personal lives. What am I going to exclusively live for today? We've said 
giving the quote of Jim Berg, only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. Self falls under the umbrella of Satan. That's just another one of in his realm. And he wants us to live for self so that it eliminates us from what we were created for, fellowship with God. And nothing else will fulfill that. And then again, I just remind you of verse 17, an application that we should be encouraged in. God put in their hearts to fulfill his will and until the words of God shall be fulfilled. God will fulfill his will. I mean, our hearts ought to be encouraged. And to stand in awe, God, of all the billions of people on the face of the earth, why did you allow me to know the truth? And what a grave responsibility is given to me. And God, although it may look like evil is abounding, I rest in the truth that your will will be accomplished. What a joy that is. And we need to be reminded of that when we hear this breaking news and and more catastrophe. Be prepared. There's going to be more and more of it, and it is going to be more and more of it hitting close to home. God said that there will be turmoils and troubles, but he is still on the throne. And we can truly trust the word of God. We can rest in that. And that's why it ought to drive us to be even more, um, kind of tonight we skipped the stone um, over, over Revelation 17. I hope it urges you to get in and read the book of Revelation. Number one, he said, blessed are those that read the book of Revelation. Specifically, in Revelation 1.3, He gives a special blessing. We know there's a blessing to read the Word of God, but he specifically, and I hope it gives you a passion for the Word of God that I need to know the truth. Not just the truth. Jesus saves me from sin. That's just the first step of knowing the truth about God and His character and His attributes and resting in it so that when the fears come upon us, We can truly trust God. What time I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would have a renewed commitment to truth. Lord, we don't know all the details of how they'll work a one-world religion, and we see even religions at odds with each other today. But, Lord, we know you will put in their hearts to fulfill your will. And, Lord, I pray that we would fulfill your will in our lives while you give us this life. I pray that you would be glorified as we walk in the truth. Lord, I know you have no greater joy than to see your children walk in truth. And I pray this week we would reflect your grace, your glory, and that we truly would walk in truth.
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask